Thank you for listening to the Calvary Chapel Lubbock podcast. Our mission of teaching people to love God by showing them how much He loves us starts right now. Now, not to be redundant, but this morning, again, we're starting a four-week series. Now, I bring it up now because you know that Thanksgiving is over, which means, he says amen, which means we have officially entered the Christmas season, right? Now, some of you, y'all are crazy because you had your trees up before Thanksgiving, that's awesome. I love it, okay? Some of you are like, I ain't putting it up till later. That's cool too. But I know that we are, again, right in the midst of the Christmas. So what, when Christmas season hits, right after Thanksgiving, guess what comes? Christmas music, right? You can't, you start going into the Christmas music and, and then all the songs come out, right? And you start singing all of these songs. Now, some of them are secular, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, or some of them are very, um, you know, I don't know if they even play the Christian ones anymore, but like Silent Night and, um, Oh, come all ye faithful, all of those ones. But I know it's Christmas music. Now, here's what I think, okay? One of the most popular songs on the radio this time of year is, it's the most wonderful time of the year. Okay? Now, labor with me for just a moment as I set the stage in our series. It's the most wonderful time of the year, guys, is a popular Christmas song. It was written uh, in triple time, if you will, in 1963 by Edward Pola and George Wilde. You don't need any, you don't need to write that down. I'm just telling you who they are. Okay, now I wanted to just share a little bit of the lyrics with you because I know what's happening in your mind right now. You guys are thinking of that song. It's the most wonderful. T- Listen to the lyrics, okay? Here's what it says. It's the most wonderful time of the year with the kids jingle belling. You kids ever jingle bell? Yeah, all day long, right? And everyone's telling you be of good cheer. It's the most wonderful time of the year. There'll be parties for hosting, make sure you invite me, marshmallows for toasting, and caroling out in the snow. There'll be scary ghost stories and tales of glories of Christmases long, long ago. You guys know it? You guys with me? You hear the tune? It's the most wonderful time of year. There'll be, there'll be much mistletoeing. That happened at your house? Mistletoeing? And hearts will be glowing when loved ones are near. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Now, as I began to ponder that song, because we sing it all the time. We grew up singing it. We grew up listening to it. It's just part of the uh, repertoire of the Christmas season. That's just kind of how it is. And I began to think about this, guys, and I and 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 it made me wonder for just a bit. Do you ever ever go back hmm, and start thinking of stuff? I, I do. And and here's why: the season from now until New Year's, it's supposed to be the most wonderful time of the year. It's supposed to be the most hap hap happiest time of the year. But if I can be honest with you in church, in my early life, guys, this was not always the case. If I can be honest with you, I realized that it was not, at least for me, the most wonderful time of the year. You go, how so? Permit me to share my story, if you don't mind. In the early years of my childhood, I'll take you way back. In the early years, when I was just little, guys, Christmas season was very good. It was so good. Guys, we would, as a family, we would decorate the house. Inside, garland, everything. My dad would decorate the outside of the house. I never forgot that. Man, we'd have the tree inside early up. It was amazing. Now, you got to remember, I mean, this was before LED lights. I mean, we had the bulbs that were the size of Texas. You know, I mean, it was big. That was, right? And it usually burned the tree down kind of so hot. But it was so cool. I remember watching the tree right in the window, and it was like, yes. Now, growing up in New Mexico, we did have four seasons. So it was cold, and it was snowy, and you would often have a white Christmas. 
And I remember just, oh, it was so cool. And there's certain things in my memory, guys, that I would just, I, I just relish to this day. I would think of Christmas time and I would think how, how we would have family and friends over and the refrigerator would be stocked with everything. I mean, you know, soda for a kid in the, in the refrigerator, that's like every, oh, I could have a whole soda. <sighs> right? Back in the day, we just called it Coke. It didn't matter what you drank. It was just Coke. You want a Coke? And it was so cool. And I'll just, I'll never forget that. It was an amazing time until tragedy happened. You see, because my, my 18-year-old sister developed a cough that wouldn't go away. She kept coughing. And, uh, well, after a time and a few office visits, she was diagnosed with stage 4 lung cancer. And it wasn't long before my 19-year-old sister took her final breath on earth. And unfortunately, and many of you know this, and many of you watching online know this, it wasn't long that once my sister died, so did the holidays. You see, Christmas would never be the same. And there were certain things that were burnt in my memories from that time on. There were certain things, and you go, well, like what? Well, I remember just right after my sister died, uh, life in my house was just very depressing. And I'll never forget, uh, one of my older brothers was often married, and one of my younger, my other brothers was there living with us, and this is burned in my memory. Two days, it was like, it was like, I remember we were out of school, and it was like two days before Christmas Eve, and we had no tree, we had no lights, we had nothing. And me and my older brother went looking for a live Christmas tree in the lots. You, I don't know if you know this, but they used to have live Christmas trees. They used to sell them out in the lots. And it was so late in the year that we barely found one. And I think he did it for me. And he brought it home and he popped it down and we decorated. And I remember, you, you guys need to know the story, okay? So, so I... I basically grew up without a mom. She died when I was little. So the sis- my sister, that was it. And I had to decorate the tree. Two days before Christmas. Another memory that's burnt in my mind, guys, was on one particular Christmas Eve... We gathered at our house, and, and we always opened our presents on Christmas Eve. We never did it Christmas morning. We always opened it, and I remember we were there early, and it was about 6.30, and we were, everybody's there, and I thought, oh, God, this could be good. Almost normal. And uh, the only thing I remember from that night, guys, it was about 8.30, and everybody had left. My brother left to another, and uh, you guys got to know the story, but uh, here's, here's the bottom line. I found myself alone on Christmas Eve watching TV. Okay? And I'm thinking, this is the most wonderful time of the year, and I'm sitting here alone. That's not what they show me on TV. There should be families and and mistletoeing. So what happened, guys, is in my life, and maybe it's happened in yours, and maybe it's happened in yours, is that Christmas for me was just another holiday that the sooner we get over it, the better. Oh, you like Christmas? I can't wait for January, man. I just don't want to deal with it. Now, listen, I carried that straight into my marriage with my kids. And Natalie comes out and she loves Christmas. Loves Christmas. My girls love Christmas. Talia is like Buddy the Elf, I'm telling you. And I was the Scrooge. That's how I brought it in, okay? It wasn't until Natalie, in, in lovingly and gently, tried to tell me, honey, that's not, that's not us anymore. You have a family. You And her encouragement to me, listen, was to put my eyes on the Lord Jesus. But until then, it was a drag. And loneliness always set in during this time. 
Now, why do I tell you this story? To simply bum you guys out. No, I don't. T- I tell you this story. Why? Because I believe there are many people who have really misunderstood the whole season. And right now, they're lonely. And to be honest, they're wishing it's January. Now, that may not be you. You might be like, I have just put up the tree. Da, 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 da. I mean, that might be you, but there's a lot that are not like that. And I'll tell you what we do. We put on the facade. How you doing? Merry Christmas. Okay, I can do it. How many more days? You want to go shopping? Oh, well, nobody wants to go shopping, but that's a whole other story. But here's the point, guys. Here's my thought. If the song is telling me it's the most wonderful time of the year, then my question is, why was I so lonely? Why was I so lonely? Now, next week, we're going to talk about depression. Why was I so depressed? And, and, and I started to think about this, guys. And, and, and so I said, man, my heart is that, that, that we need to see clearly what's going on in our own hearts so the Lord can begin to heal what's going on in our hearts. And you go, hey, Ben, that's not me. I love it. Maybe it's not for you today. Or maybe you'll see some, some of yourself here. Now, let me just say this, okay? It's not comprehensive. It's not exhaustive. There's manuals of lonely. I mean, all of this stuff. But let me say this to you, okay? When it comes to being lonely, here's the problem. The problem is, is there's no pill the doctor can give you. There's nothing, it's internal, and it's something you've got to deal with. And it's hard. And I tell people, it is as deadly as cancer can be. Loneliness. And I've said it often in the room, guys, that loneliness, you can be in the midst of a room full of people and still feel lonely. And you go, how does that even happen? Because I thought, I thought not being lonely was just, hey, you know, being a super extrovert. No, 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 no. We're going to see the Word of God. Now, here's what I want to do. Let me kind of tell you where we're going. If you're taking notes, here's what I want to do. I'm going to show you loneliness, guys, and the Word of God. We're going to dissect Psalm 42. Okay, so we're going to see the writer. Most people believe it's David, but the writer, you're going to see some things in there that I think you'll go, oh, wow, I didn't know David struggled with that. The Word of God. I thought, man, once we became a Christian, who it's all good, everything. No, there were, that's what I love about the Word of God. It's real people showing us a real struggle and a real walk. And then the second thing I want to show you today as best I can is some causes, some causes of loneliness. Some causes of loneliness. And then third, I want to find healing and hope in life. Because that's the whole point. I don't have to be like, hey, let me tell you a sad story. Boom. Goodbye. God bless you. Have a great week. You know, you'd be like, oh, I never want to go to that church. Golly. No, no, no. I want to show you hope and healing in what God did for me. Okay. So I need you to take notes, guys, because here's what we're going to do. We're going to move through Psalm 40, 42 very quickly. Now, normally, if we were doing an exposition of the text, I'd break it down, break it down, break it down, break it down, break it down. Break it down. But anyways, here, here's the thing. I'm going to read it rather quickly. I'm going to point out some things, and I'm going to give you four main points that I think will help you. You ready? Number one, in Psalm 42, here's point number one. Recognize you're in a battle. Recognize you're in a battle. Okay? That's what you want to see. Number two, ready? Jot this down. Stop listening to yourself. Right, Maniah? She's like, What? Stop listening to yourself. Number three, start talking to yourself the right way. And number four, go directly to God. You guys with me? Recognize you're in a battle. Stop listening to yourself. Start talking to yourself the right way. And go directly to God. As we make our way through the psalm, Guys, I'm going to try to point out the reasons why I believe people struggle with loneliness, okay? We're going to focus on loneliness. Now, you're going to see some depression in there. You're going to see some despair, but we'll talk about Elijah next week, and we'll see how that goes. Um, I appreciate your prayers on this, because this has just been overwhelming. 
Once again, listen, it may not be the case with you. It may not be the case. But labor with me, for I truly believe that it will help you during this holiday season. Okay? And at the end of the study, I'm going to give you some amazing practical hope that we can take home. Now, remember, if you're looking at Psalm 42, the Bible doesn't tell us who the writer. It tells us the sons of Korah. Or, or, or a correlation. Now, some people believe it's David. For the sake of our study, would you mind if I just said it was David? It's just a lot easier to kind of go. Some people say no. Some people say yeah. But you can see when you kind of when you kind of make it a little bit more personal, you go oh oh okay okay. So if David penned this, he would have penned it. Check this out during a period when Absalom rebelled. So now you got his son who is turned on his dad. And he's rebelling, and David is up. This is what he's going to write. This is what he's going to write. Okay? So, I think David knew a thing or two about loneliness. I really do. So that's where we're going to pick it up. Guys, Psalm 42, you guys ready? It says this, As the deer pants for the water, Brooks, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? Now, the context, again, is David is on the run from his son, Absalom. Okay? His own flesh and blood has turned on him, and he's on the run, guys, and he finds himself alone and afraid. But for the sake of our study, think about what David just wrote. Okay? So we're employing that the writer is David, and although we're really not sure, David says, he writes right here, how far he feels from God. Do you guys see that? He says, my soul longs for you like a deer panting for water. Okay, and so again, he just feels so far and so alone. And here's the thing, guys. Loneliness in our lives, I believe, stems from not being able to connect with God. You guys tracking with me? Not being able to connect with God. Our lives, guys, we have spent the majority of our time protecting our hearts. And so what we do is that we just, that's what we do. We're going to protect our hearts. David goes, I feel so far from God. And my soul, Lord, I just, I, I just... And, and, and the text indicates that maybe there was a time when, and, and we know that David, man, David walked close to God, but now he feels like he's far from God. And so somehow the connection has gotten, it's, it's broke. The connection is broke. So loneliness comes, guys, when, when we've never made a solid connection with God. And when we don't make a connection with God, that infiltrates into our personal lives. You understand? You go, well, 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 give me an example. Two reasons for loneliness. Two reasons are really simple, guys. It's not being able to connect with people. Now, I'm not saying that you're not, you're not friends with people. You're not acquaintances, okay? I used to tell my dad years ago, I remember as a little tyke, I used to tell my dad, I said, Dad, do you have, how many friends do you have? And my dad would say, I don't have very many friends, but I have a lot of acquaintances. What does that mean? It just means he, he, he had a lot of small talk with people, but he didn't have a deep connection. Okay? And a fear of intimacy. Those are two reasons that we're lonely. Two reasons. Well, explain it to me, Ben. Okay. You and I as human beings that God created, we crave, we crave, we crave personal connection with God. 
That's how he made us. Somehow deep in your soul, whether you're saved or not, you connect, you crave a connection with the God that created you. You do. It's in you. The Bible, you can just go back and you can search. Now, when we get saved, we actually find that connection. Oh, I'm saved. The problem is, you ready? Jot this down. We simply don't know how to develop it on a daily basis. We don't know how to develop that connection. We don't know how to deal with that intimacy. So when we feel disconnected from God, guys, we... And we lack intimacy with him. This seems to affect our daily lives with others here on earth. You guys tracking with me? As a matter of fact, guys, if you do a comprehensive study, studies have proven that the number one reason for loneliness is a lack of close personal relationships in life. We are so good as human beings about putting on the mask, covering up, What's going on in our hearts? And we can be like, hey, how's it going? Right? And so what we tend to do is we tend to overdevelop our personalities to cover up a lack of connection with others. And you're the funny guy. Yeah, or you're the smart guy, or you're the whatever it might be. And and what's happening, guys, what's happening is that we have lacked a close, listen to me, personal relationship. Now, now we have plenty of friends to make small talk with. Hey, you hear about the weather? Hey, let's talk about the game. Hey, did you watch the fight last night? Yeah, that was cool. But we don't, guys. But but a deep, meaning, personal connection is what our hearts crave. That comes from connecting with Jesus in a more intimate way. You see, oftentimes we say, hey man, how's your quiet time? And we go, cool. Well, what, what, what was your quiet, what is your, what does your quiet time consist of? Well, dude, listen, I drive 15 minutes to work and I put on Caleb and me and Jesus, we sing. And when I get there, I'm just like happy. That's not a deep connection. That's not a deep connection. That's not intimacy with the God that created us. We're, we're, we're missing it. And so what happens is you do that over time, and eventually you're just like, man, I feel so disconnected from God. I feel so disconnected. Why? Why? We have to work at a, at, at a connection about, about having intimacy with God. Guys, this is exactly what he's talking about. We need to, we need to connect with Jesus in a way where we hear his voice, where he speaks to us, where we can relate to him, because what that does for us, well, you go, what do you mean? What do you mean? Okay. So we have plenty of friends that we can talk to. We have plenty of, hey, Joe, how's it going? Hey, right on, brother. You want to play golf? Oh, that was amazing. But the deep connections, why, why don't we have that connection? Why? I'll tell you why. Listen, guys, because we have a great fear of being judged by people. We have a great fear that if we let people know how vulnerable and who we really are, they're going to judge us, and that's what we do. We protect our hearts. It's only when... It's only when, guys, we understand who God is in our lives. It's only when we have a direct connection with God and we know who we are and how we're highly favored and how we're saved by grace and all of this, I mean, when we fully get it, then people don't matter in that sense. You're not worried about people judging you because the God, the creator of the universe says, I love you. You're mine. I forgive you. You're not perfect. I died for you. You go, wow. If the God of the universe hasn't judged me, I'm not going to worry about what people think of me. I can be, help me church, 
I can be me. Flaws and all. And so again, think about it. Think about it, guys. Think about how, how David continues. Look at verse 3. He says, and you don't have to put up the verses if it's, if it's going to keep doing that, but it says this. My tears have been my food day and night while they continue to say to me, where is your God? Okay, so what do we do? Remember, we need to recognize everyone that we're in a battle. You're in a battle. If you call yourself a Christian, you're in a battle. I can't, I, I can't stress that enough. You're in a battle, especially this time of year, okay? Because the verse points out to us that there's an intense grief and sorrow the psalmist felt. He says, I have no appetite. He wept day and night. Tears were his constant companion. He expressed frustration, but on how? By the taunts of his enemies who suggested that God had abandoned him. Hello? Isn't that exactly what loneliness does for us? Hey, nobody's there for you. Nobody cares about you. Your God doesn't even care about you. Well, you see, they told me that if I give my life to the Lord, I won't be lonely anymore. And the enemy comes in and says, see, see? And that's what David is expressing. David is expressing, guys. He's going, wow. And so all of a sudden, we're okay. But then in a year like this, or 2020, where everything that we know is stripped away, everything that we, that we have put our faith, like, like a lot of us, like, like we should be getting ready to go to Israel in three months. That's gone away. We're, oh, what are we doing? 2021, that's how, we all came into 2020 in January going, man, it's going to be a great year. It's going to be a great year. Let's do this. Let's go. And we all had plans and we all had aspirations and we all had all of this stuff, but somehow it seems like it was swept out from under us. But my question to you is, David says this, listen, my tears have been my food. And I know a lot of people feel like that during this time of year. We don't see it because we go to work and we say, hey, how are you? Hey, I'm doing great, man. And, and we are so good. We are so good at being conditioned. We really are. And it freaks us out when you ask somebody, how you doing? And they start telling you, well, I'm this and this. Oh, I thought you were just going to say good. Right? We, we don't know how to respond. We don't want to respond, right? Because if you said somebody, say, hey, man, how you doing? What's your response? Yeah, great, amen, how are you? He may not even mean it, but that's a natural response. Because deep in his heart, his marriage might be failing, he might be doing it, might be blah, 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 and he's going to say, I'm doing good, how are you? That's a natural response. We got to be careful. Especially this time of year, it's bringing out all of that. It's bringing out because he goes. He goes, man. My my tears have been my food. You know what I like to do? I'm gonna use Joe. I'm gonna use Joe Mabry as an example. Hey, Joe, how you doing? How how are you and uh, Beverly getting along? No, really. How are you and Beverly getting along? You see, I, I ask it again because he's already. I've I've caught him, and and, and sometimes you got to go. So so, man, how you doing? I'm doing good. No, really. How are you, man? And it stops you and you start going, wow, you know what? Whoa. This guy's really concerned. Now, let me ask you a question. Let me, let me, let me just put, if you're going to ask somebody how you're doing this time of year, make sure you have time to stop and listen. Don't say, hey, how you doing? Oh, sorry, you were talking? <laughs> you know, because we're used to the natural responses, right? Let me give you another one. Let me give you one. You know how, you know how conditioned we are? When you go into a store and somebody asks you, can I help you? What do you say? I'm just looking. You know what you're going for. Unless you have, okay, but that's what we do. Hey, can I help you? Somebody comes up to you, can I help you? I'm just looking. Well, what are you looking for? Well, I'm just, I don't know, I'm just looking. Just, just hanging out. You already know what you want, but that's, we're so conditioned. I'm just looking because you don't want somebody helping your business. Unless you want, unless you go in for a specific thing and they say, can I help you? Yes, I need a box of this. Show me where they are. That's different. 
So we're conditioned, guys. But here's my question. Here's my question. Back in our text, what was David bummed about? Why is he going, why is he, what, what is he bummed about? Okay? Was it, was it not being able to be king? Oh, Absalom, man, he kicked me out of the kingdom. Oh, the, the boy of mine. Him and all his hair. Man. Or, or was it leaving the mansion with all the perks of being a king? Now I gotta eat bugs. Man, I used to eat filet mignon. I'm super bummed. Lord. You guys, think about it. I want you to, I want you to really think about it. What is David mad about? What is he bummed about? You ready? He is bummed, guys, that he has to leave the temple and the worship of God. Verse 4, he says this, My heart is breaking as I remember how it used to be. I walked among the crowds of worshipers, leading a great possession to the house of God, singing for joy, giving thanks amid the sound of a great celebration. Church, listen to me. David knew what it was to connect with God so much that now that he's disconnected, that's what he misses. It's, it's, it's so, it's so obvious to us that we go, oh, I'm so lonely because I've taken my focus, my dis, I've got disconnected somehow. I've got caught up in the season. I've got caught up in the presence. I've got caught up in the Santa. I've got caught up in the season of the winter and no, 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 no. It's Christmas. It's about Jesus. And when our focus is on that, everything else is so cool. That's what I learned. And David says, but he's so bummed. Why? Because he says, man, my enemies, my enemies what? Well, they taunt me. What are they saying? Where's your God? Where's your God? Now, I just, I just, I need to do this because I'm a teacher. But who are the they that they're talking about? Who are the they David is talking about? Well, jump over to verse 9 and 10 real quick. He says, I will say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of my enemy? As with the breaking of my bones, my enemies reproach me while they say to me all day long, where's your God? The they is David's enemies. But in the midst of this holiday season, I want you to recognize that you're in a real battle. Now, keep this in mind. The enemy of your soul will often produce evidence, false evidence, to back up what he's saying to you. You go, like, what do you mean? When you are lonely, tired, super bummed, the worst day of your life, you can expect an attack. And the enemy will fire, listen to me, he will fire his fiery darts into your mind. And you sit there contemplating going, well, I should have said this, or why didn't I say that, or or, maybe it was the way you looked at them, or they felt ignored or shunned. Remember, guys, you guys in a battle. You're in a battle. It's coming down. The second thing is, jot this down. Stop talking to yourself. Stop talking to yourself. Look at verse 42. 42a says, When I remember these things, I pour out my soul within me. You guys see that? Verse 42a, I pour out my soul within me. If you're an underliner, go ahead and underline, I pour out my soul within me. Why? Because David is remembering how things used to be. How things used to be. For me, I always remembered what Christmas was like before I lost somebody so special. And I remember, man, Christmas, that was amazing. And now things are so different. Hey, 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 Dad, are are we going to put up a tree? Are we, hey. What is David doing here, guys? He keeps remembering and talking to himself. The only problem is it's not helping. It's not helping. Listen, when you are depressed... 
don't try to cheer yourself up. Many of you don't know this, but there was a season just recently where I was, I was down. All uh, 2019, I, I could say I was depressed. And I'm not kidding you. I had the best wife, the best kids, the best life, the best church. And I remember sitting, looking out my window going, what is wrong with you? Why are you feeling so down? And I, I, I felt like I was in an airplane headed down and the, and the, and the thing was saying, pull up, pull up. Like I had control to try to pull it up myself and I couldn't. I just, well, pastor, you didn't look any different. Yeah, because it was inside my heart. And and I couldn't say, come on, snap out of it, dude. I knew what I had, but I still struggled. The more David thinks about the worship in the temple, the more he gets depressed. Guys, we can't think of the past and what could have been or what might have been or what should have been or how things could have changed because it really drags us back into that. I wasn't allowing my new wife and girls, I was denying them a Christmas because I kept dragging myself back into what was so hurtful in my life. Think about your life. Think about your life. This is what David does. Because the more we remember what used to be, the harder it is to handle what's now. The more we re- You guys tracking with me? You, you with me? You go, Ben, how does this happen? Well, it's the same way. David just goes, man, I David, why are you so bummed? Because I remember what it used to be, man. I remember when Alex was playing the drums. That was so cool. And I remember Talia Lee. Oh, man, I miss that. But what's going on today? What's going on today? So we're going to go on, but I want to challenge you. You guys ready? And you challenge me. I want 2020 to be our best Christmas ever. Not because of, not because of anything, but because we've got our, 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 our right perspective on. We're, we're gonna go back to connecting with God. On a daily basis, we're gonna connect with God. We're not just gonna go, okay, Lord, here I am. Speak to me. What? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh. Amen. So how's your quiet time? It was good. It was good. What did God say? I have no idea. No, no, no. Guys, we're going to connect with God. Listen, you go, well, Ben, I don't have time in the morning, man. I'm up at, give him, I'd rather you give him 15 minutes solid of devotion and prayer and your tears and than than an hour of, can we be honest in church? Yes or no? Yeah. Sometimes we do this. Uh huh. Oh, sorry, Lord. Okay, we have heard. <laughs> that, they didn't eat that. And we use and, and we guys were. Anybody know? Any just me? Yeah. Let's be careful because that's not connecting. I know in my heart. I go, oh. What is God doing? What is God doing? He's saying we need to we need to connect. Well, what should we do? What should we do? Well, first of all, we recognize we're in a battle. Rosa, we're in a battle. And we need to, what? Stop talking to ourselves, right? Or start talking to ourselves the right way. Okay? We need to stop talking to ourselves and start talking the right way. Look at verse 5. David says, why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall praise him for his the, for, for the help of his continence. Guys, think about it, okay? Let me just say this. Social isolation is real. Can I get an amen? amen? 
The pain of disconnection and the loss of community can feel like we're being locked in a cage. This is why church is essential. I get it. Listen, I love you guys, and I don't want anyone to get sick, but what's happening is we're going to get more sick spiritually when we can't meet and we can't be around each other. Now, I'm not saying you have to hug each other and and all of that stuff, but listen, again, think about it. The pain of disconnection. What are we doing? We're going into a holiday season. We're saying, let's shut her down. Everybody go home, and don't you dare carve that turkey with a bunch of family. That's, that's what we're doing. That's what our government is doing. And it feels like we can be locked in a cage. And right now, with social distancing and the world in chaos, loneliness is growing. You know that. Maybe every year you struggle with loneliness, but this year, with all that's going on, it's really intensified. Like, if we're honest... We're super bummed because we're worried that Christmas won't look like it did in years past. What do we do, church? What do we do when we used to have all our family together on Christmas, but this year you're going, that's not what it's going to look like. I can tell you what a lot of people do. They get super bummed, guys. They get really hurt and really lonely. We've got to, we've, we've got to pull the reins. So we've got to talk to ourselves the right way. So David asked the question four times, guys. Four times in chapter 42 and 45. And he says, why are you disquieted within me? In other words, this suggests that he's agitated and he's got a troubled mind. Now here's the right way to communicate, guys, to our very own hearts. What does he say? He says, hope in God, for I shall praise him. For the help of his continence. Here's some real help. You ready? David realizes that he doesn't have to be in the temple or in Jerusalem to worship God. He just sings and prays. That's what I'm trying to communicate to you today. We don't have to have the perfect Christmas we don't need the Bing Crosby, I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. We don't have to have that anymore. Why? We don't have to be with the perfect someone. I know a lot of that is like, man, if I just had somebody. Here's what we need to do. We need to make a solid connection with God. And when we make a solid connection with God, then we're able to. Make it with people. And slowly, everybody say slowly. Slowly. Let's try it again. The loneliness will begin to depart. See, guys, I'm not saying, okay, go home, three-step plans, and you'll be like, woohoo. What I'm saying is eventually, as you begin to make that connection with God, and you begin to realize how much he loves you, and you begin to realize how valuable you are to him, and you begin to see just what a beautiful connection you have with him, then you're able to make connections with other people. Pastor, but what if those people that I that I try to make a connection with? What if, what if they hurt me? That's possible, is it not? But God will never hurt you. So as long as this connection is going this way, it's okay. It's okay. Because you're going to find somebody that's going to be boom. Boom. Listen to me, those of you that are married in here, those of you that are married, this is why intimacy in your relationship is so valuable. This is why it's so valuable. And I'm not just talking sexual intimacy, I'm talking all... Listen, when you can sit down with your spouse and talk about the Bible on a deep connection, you won't believe that. You won't believe how that is just amazing. You won't believe how you can be intimate with your spouse talking about political things or whatever it might be, but you've got to be able to dig in. Let me tell you what's happened a lot in people's lives, right? 
Um, you, those of you who have young kids, you go out on a date and you talk about the kids. Well, yeah, they did, and that's fine, but you, you lack that intimacy. You know what intimacy is? And when you go, so how, what's God been speaking to you lately? What's he been showing? Really? Really? You guys don't know this, but like, I always talk to my wife because part of the message is she has great insight. And she doesn't know I still have her stuff. I'm like, oh, that's good. Put it in my pocket. Use it for the sermon. And then somebody comes up and goes, that was good. I go, I know, wasn't it? But it's the, in- you guys understand the intimacy. But you can't have intimacy with your spouse until you're intimate with God. Okay, I'm going to say something here, okay? Not for everybody, but listen. When you're disconnected from God, you're going to be disconnected from your spouse. You guys can still be best friends, don't get me wrong, but you're going to lack that level of intimacy. You'll be disconnected. So it's important that we go back to God. Now, back to our text real quick. Um, from verses 6 to 11, guys, David talks himself. He, he, he's talking to himself, and his help comes from directly from God. So I'm just going to look at two verses real quick, and then we're going we're gonna to keep going, okay? So in verse 6, it says, Oh, my God, my soul cast down within me. Therefore, notice what he says, I will remember you from the land of Jordan, the heights of Hermon, from the hill Mizar. Verse uh, 11. Why are you cast down, oh, my soul? Why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God. For I shall praise him, the help of my continence of my God. So, again, he's speaking to himself. Guys, where's his hope? His hope comes from God. Okay? So, let's go back. It's the most wonderful time of the year. So, what are some causes of loneliness? Well, here's what we learned. You ready? Number one, a lack of genuine connection and intimacy with God. A lack of connection. Number two, the world has amplified what was buried in our heart. So another, another thing we learned is that now in this world, it has amplified what was always buried. So if through the years you struggled with depression, now it seems like it's even more amplified. Anyone? Yes? Number three, or, or let's go back, let's go back. Here's some causes of loneliness. A lot of people are lonely too because they struggle with change, with change. And everything's changed. Guys, we especially need to focus on our young people because life has changed so much for them. When I was 18 or 19, the world was my oyster. Man, whatever you want to do. You want to play sports, you want to do, you want to go to college, you want to, you want to go to the army, whatever it was, you had that choice. But somehow now, this year, we feel like we've taken those choices away from our young people. And, and they're going to struggle with that. Church, do you realize that the suicide rate in 2020 has gone up so much because our young people feel like there's no hope? And it doesn't have to be young people. How many of us wake up in the morning going, and we really need to be focused on the Lord because I could get super bummed very quickly. I could. When I start thinking about what could be in 2021 and the next four years, when I start thinking about what, what could be, ah, man, I gotta, I gotta go back to the Word of God. And I keep telling myself, ask Nathalie, I keep telling her, but it's mainly so I could tell myself, God's got this. He's in control. Don't take God out of the equation. He's coming back for us soon. That's my hope. My hope. So what do you do? I gotta tell people about Jesus. 
Yeah, but what, did you hear what, do you know what could happen the next one? God is my hope. I gotta keep my eyes on Him. And here's what, I'll tell you, here's what, what, what bums me out, guys, is that I see a lot of folks and, uh, they're just kind of hoping that it's all gonna get better. Nathalie pointed out something yesterday, and I know I'm on a little rabbit trail here, but I want to show you. Nathalie pointed out something that, when you know, those aha moments, those clicks, right? Here's what helped me. We want life to go back to normal, but it's not going to, is it? You guys remember 9-11? Do you remember when the, the Twin Towers and the Pentagon, nothing went, it, it was never normal again, was it? Do you guys remember? Do you remember flying before 9-11? It was easy peasy, George and Wheezy. You'd go in, they'd beep, you go in, no problem. You didn't have to take off your shoes. You could carry a bottle of water. It was, but Nathalie reminded me, she goes, you realize that everything changed and we just adapted to it. All of a sudden now, you realize, oh, if I'm going to fly, I can't do this, I can't do that, I can't, I've got to take off my shoes, everybody's going to see my, my holy socks and blah, 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 la, la, la. And you realize that, don't you? Everything changed. And it's kind of the same thing now. This virus is going to cause, but you go, okay, so that bums me out. No, no, no. It actually is going to put some, some peace in your heart because you go, okay, Lord, help me to adapt to glorify you. Help me to go, okay, okay. Lord, what do you have for me? What do you want for me? A reason for loneliness, guys, a cause for loneliness? Some people struggle with change. They just don't like change. I don't like change. Another reason, guys, is, listen, because some of us feel lonely because of perfectionism. We are such a perfectionist that if we, if, if we're afraid that if we mess up, that we're going to look, it's going to be bad, so we don't do it. Perfectionism. Here's one. You ready? Another reason for loneliness is that we're hanging out with the wrong people. What? Yeah, for example, when, and this is just an example, okay? When you're around a very dominant complainer, they complain about everything. What a beautiful day it was. Well, it wasn't so beautiful. It was cold and windy. Well, that was a great meal. No, it wasn't. The steak was a little rough. and we were blessed with the hotel. No, it wasn't. The beds were hard. You're just like, what happens? Eventually, you start complaining. We do. We do. If you're hanging out with a Debbie Downer, you're going to become depressed. You're going to be, you're going to, that's, that's just, and again, guys, a reason for loneliness, it may not be your reason, I'm just giving you a reason, is that we're hanging out with the wrong people. Okay, so let me ask you this. In the land of Winnie the Pooh, are you hanging out with Tigger or Eeyore? Because whoever you're hanging out with, that's where you're going to be. Right? Listen, this is Tigger. Right? Buddy the Elf, what's your favorite color? I'm Eeyore. I'm a humbug. I don't want Christmas. I can't wait till it's over. (sighs) Now he's like, come on. La, 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 la. Well, eventually, guess what happened? I want her over to my side. No, I'm kidding. I didn't. You hang out with that, right? And she, and she helped me to see. Listen, it, Christmas is not about presents. It's about his presence. Christmas is not about gifts. It's about the gift he gave us. Christmas is not, all this, this whole season is about you. I get it. We've lost somebody so dear to us that it's changed everything. But I want to take a step back and go, okay, my reaction to that is I want to keep my eyes and I still want to be connected to Jesus. I know this has affected me. My sister at 19 is gone. But I have my kids. And I have my grandkids. And I have you all. Wow. Sometimes, guys, we feel so insecure when we hang out with the wrong people. 
And we, and, and we do this, guys. We're so insecure that we hang out with the wrong people just so we're not alone this year. Let's direct our minds back to David real quick. Because King Saul's insanity, what's David doing? He's trying to survive. David is fleed from his home and his position of society. He lost his wife, his best friend, and the company of men he led. And he lost his good name. Why? You ready? Jot this down. Deep loss brings grief and loneliness. And unexpressed, it turns to despair and hopelessness. Deep loss. Okay? For David, we can see several types of loneliness. You go, what are they, Ben? Number one, they're interpersonal. Okay? Relationships. I lost relationships this past year, 2019. Relationships that were close. Not because they died, but because, again, the Lord separated us. Well, that hurt. That hurt. Huh. David knows that. There's also, guys, there's another type of loneliness called social loneliness, right? The type of uh, social, because it's, it's, David lost his position in society. He was the king. We see cultural. We see that David, another type of loneliness is intellectual. Intellectual. Number five is psychological. That's a type, right? Unexpressed rot. Being able to express. What happens, Eva, when somebody says, hey, how you doing? I'm really bummed. Oh, I'm really depressed. Oh, uh, maybe you should see a doctor. <laughs> I wasn't expecting. We got to be able to express it, and you and I, as believers, we have to be able to go, okay, well, it's good. Yeah, really? Why? Is it... Not that we have the answer, but we have the answer. And and please, loneliness, depression, you can't just go, well, you just need to read the Bible more. Please don't give people just band-aid verses. That's, it, don't, don't, don't do that. We're really quick to go, here's a band-aid. Sometimes we need to sit there and we need to listen and just be like, I understand. Well, you have any advice? I'll just hold your hand. I get it. About 12 years ago, Nathalie and I, we went through a really, really rough time with one of our kids. And, and I remember I met with the pastors and, and, and I was so broken. I, I just didn't want a Band-Aid verse. Well, it's going to be, you know, you know, what I wanted them to do is go, listen, and we'll pray for you. We'll hold on your hand. We love you. You know why? Because I knew the word. I knew the, I knew, I knew the verses. But at that moment in time, it was very real to me. And sometimes I just needed somebody to hold my hand and go, it's okay, man. You're not the only one that's going through this. I, I got you. Guys, my prayer, my prayer for us is that we can begin to define maybe some reason behind the loneliness and allow the Lord to begin to to heal our wounded heart. That's what I hope for. So I'd like to close our study this morning. Um, I found a, a, a really good quote from... He's a motivational speaker. He, he, he posts on Instagram and everything. I thought it was really good. And I thought I'd share it with you, okay? And we're going to close with this. You ready? He says this. He says, remember this, okay? And, and I'll break it down. This person says, stop being loyal to the things that aren't loyal to you in your life. Stop being loyal to the things that aren't loyal in your life. 
Nothing can continue hurting you without your permission. What you tolerate is what you deserve. Oh, wow! That just hit me like a ton of bricks. Why? Because we need to stop being loyal to the things that are not loyal to us. you got to look at your life. Nathalie challenged me yesterday. Well, like what? Well, I think social media is something we're loyal to. That's not loyal to us. That's not the truth. We need to be loyal to the Lord because he's loyal to us. And that's not just a band-aid. That's, hey, be loyal to the Lord. No, I mean really connect with him. Really get back to that place. You see, the church at Emphasis, the church at Ephesus, you remember what the Lord says? The Lord said, guys, you've lost your first love. You're doing everything right, but you're doing it without a love for me. I'm, I'm not even there. And I think that's what the Lord is really wanting us to do. He's wanting us to say, oh, I've left my first love. I'm going to go back. You know what Christmas means to me now? It means the birth of my Savior, that God loved me so much that he sent his son to walk with me, to die for me, to have a relationship with me. That's what it means. And all the other stuff, that's just bonus. The food we eat on Christmas Day, the friends that come over on Christmas Eve, all the presents you're going to buy me, that's just, that's just bonus. Because, because nobody can steal my Christmas anymore as long as I'm focused on the Lord. Nobody can. And don't let anybody tell you, well, Jesus wasn't born on December 25th because it's not about a date, it's about a person. It's about a person. So enjoy our time to get, guys, don't be loyal to things that are not loyal to you. That's what he says. This is what he says. Today is the day, at least, to make a connection to God, to find the intimacy with the Lord that your soul craves. You go, how do we do that? We do that two ways. Okay, and I'm speaking to anybody here and anybody who's watching online. If you're not a believer, if you're not a believer, if you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus, guys, that's your connection. If you're not a believer, you've already missed that connection. And so, and so you've got to put your faith and trust in Christ. At the end of this message, I'm going to give you an opportunity just to surrender, to say, man, I want to be connected. But, but, but the other way is if you are a believer, then here's what I would encourage you to do. Please take steps to get alone with God, to make that connection, to open up your wounded heart and say, God, here I am. Would you please heal it? I want to connect with you on a daily basis. I've missed you. And you know what my God is saying? He's saying, I've missed you too. That's all I've wanted was just to connect with you. So what do we do from here, God? Let's, let's get in my word. Let me talk to you. Let's just have a relationship. That's what we need to do. Let him begin to heal. Since today is the first day of the Christmas season, let's do it today. Amen? Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you, God, that we can talk about it. I understand, Lord, there's so much more. And I just wanted to touch the surface, Lord. I pray, I pray for me specifically next week as we talk about depression. And then we talk about being discouraged and even stress. But right now, Lord, we've lost our connection with you. And so we need, uh, we need the power of your Holy Spirit to bring us back, to plug in directly to the source. And so with every eye closed and every head bowed, maybe you're here today and you, you go, Ben, you were saying some things and, man, you were talking about connection and I kind of realized throughout the teaching I don't have a connection with God. I'm not fully connected with him and, and I don't know if I'm saved. But I need that. 
I want to be connected. I want to, get, I want, I want to be saved. I want to open up my heart. I want to invite him inside. Well, that's between you and the Lord. But with every eye closed and every head bowed, listen, if, you're, if that's you, listen, I just want to pray for you. Man, this is a serious time. And so I want to offer you an invitation. But before we do, if you're a believer here and you go, man, I'm not connected with God, would you just do that for me? Would you just, in your own heart, say, God, I'm going to connect with you. And if you're not a believer, I want to give you an opportunity right now. You go, what do I have to do? In a moment, I'm just going to ask you to lift up your hand. Maybe God is speaking to you. Maybe you're watching online. Maybe you're listening via podcast. I want you to just lift up your hand and say, Pastor, pray for me. I, I'm, not, I'm not right with God, and I want to be. I want to give my life completely to him. I, I've missed that. I know my soul craves that, and I want that. He loves you very, very much. The one thing that you keep missing is that genuine love from a God that created you. But you need to take the first step because he's standing with his arms open wide. You need to take that first step and you need to say yes. Yes to him. What do I have to do, Pastor? Well, I'm just going to ask you to lift up your hand. If God is speaking to your heart right now, I'm going to pray for you. Nobody's going to see you. God is going to see you. All you have to do is just lift up your hand. Say, Pastor, that's me. Would you just pray for me? I'm going to surrender my life to Jesus today. Would you do that right now? If God is speaking to you and you're not in a right relationship with him, and you want to be, man, what a great day to do it. I want to be connected to God. Just lift up your hand. Say, Pastor, pray for me. Would you do that right now? Anyone in this room? If you're watching online and uh, you're lifting up your hand, you know who you are. Man, I just want to pray for you. We thank you. If you're listening via podcast and you're driving down the road and you're thinking, wow, I just need to give my life. All you have to do is say, Lord, I'm not connected to you. I believe you died for me. I believe you rose again. I believe you're coming back. Come into my heart and just be my God. Take care of all those things, Lord. I can't do it myself. I want to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship. Hey, this is Pastor Josh. I hope this message has encouraged you in your walk with Jesus. If it has, we would love to hear your story of how it has impacted you, or especially if you responded to the invitation to receive Jesus into your heart as your Lord and Savior. To get in touch or to receive more information, please contact us by phone at 806-799-2227 or send an email to calvarylubbock at hotmail.com. Again, that phone number is 806-799-2227. Also, if you want to partner with us financially to take the gospel to West Texas and the world, please click on the Donate button on calvarychapellubbock.org. Thanks for listening to the podcast. May God richly bless you.